0: Grief touches every life and tests every heart. Even when we prepare for grief, it often knocks us to our knees. We are the Time with Giants show. Join us as we connect with giants of the faith who are experiencing the power of God in the midst of chaos. Whether your life is going great or you are in the middle of that chaos, welcome to our show.
1: podcast family welcome to time with giant show i am chris wall
0: and i'm emily kuykendall and we are so glad that you're joining us for another episode
1: hey just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor fire blankets usa hey this is a really cool product and and we're really thankful they've sponsored us but but they're also doing a lot of good because if you have a battery powered car hey here's the deal sometimes those cars those batteries catch on fire and uh, and Google it, it'll uh, shock you how often that happens. That's a technology they're gonna have to figure out, but Fire Blankets USA actually is trying to stamp out those problems because the blankets put out the fires and they're selling them all over the country. And uh, right out of here in Owasso, Oklahoma. And uh, we're thankful for their investment in our podcast. And, and hey, you could invest in that too. We, it would, we'd love your help in uh, just keeping this going. You can do that by liking us and then also sharing it. That'd be helpful just to get the word out because our goal this year is giants of the faith here, there, and everywhere. And we want you to rub shoulders with these spiritual giants that are making a difference. In the world. And today, we have an incredible giant of the faith with us, Coach T. <laughs> Coach T, I'm so thankful that you are here. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, you're a new friend. and uh, But as, as we have connected just through Oklahoma Baptist Life, I am so very thankful that God has brought you to our state. To serve Oklahoma Baptist, yeah. tell us what you do for Oklahoma okay. Baptist and what you brought you to Oklahoma, real quick.
2: All right, first of all, I'm a little intimidated, giants of the faith, you know, because I, I don't, I appreciate the invitation there and saying that, but I don't feel much of a giant. I, I, I often tell people you know, God's power is perfected in weakness, but I do appreciate uh, Hey man, that's,
1: that, that, that's right, man. But man, so. you are a faithful servant <laughs> and a giant of the faith, we're thankful you're here, man. Tell us what you're doing yeah. at Oklahoma Baptist. So,
2: uh, so I work at Oklahoma Baptist as a evangelism and apologetics ministry partner. So I, I come alongside churches and do some triage and try to figure out ways that we can come alongside to help them to create a gospel culture, a culture of evangelism. And it's more of for the purpose of making disciples. I, I don't think you can divorce evangelism from uh, discipleship. And so we want we want to come alongside and help churches uh, do the work of evangelists with the purpose of making disciples.
1: The second I met you, I just felt that, that vibe of, I wanna share the gospel. And that drew my heart to you. And that's one of the reasons I thought, man, I gotta have you <laughs> on this show. Let's start. I want to mm-hmm. hear your story okay. about your life, because I think our listeners, we need to rub shoulders not just with what you do, but with
2: you. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell us a little bit about what, uh, what, how God brought you to faith and just your story of your life.
2: Okay. So I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, my father is from Nigeria, and my running joke is uh, I'm African American because my mom's from America. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, really good. my my father came over. Uh, he was really disgruntled with his parents and uh, very angry. And he when he when he met my mother, uh, she was already pregnant with my older brother, and so they got together and they started having. I was the next one they had, and I have a younger sister under me and uh, another younger sister under me, and so yeah. So uh, so that that created a, a tension in our in our family, uh, my father became very abusive. Uh, he was a he abused drugs and alcohol, and so when they would when he would drink, um, he would become very violent, and he would fight and beat beat on my mother. Uh, he was very abusive to us. I can remember one occasion. It was a snowy day. My my mother and father started fighting at home. She runs outside, and my father is running after her, clips her, and I can remember when he straddled her. I can remember that blood, that red blood splattering across that, that white snow as we was trying to get him off of her. So uh, so it quite naturally, it, it got us to a situation where we started getting into trouble, getting into fights. And So thank God that a, a church moved into our neighborhood. I can remember my mother pulling us on the couch one day. And in desperation, she said, God, I never really truly acknowledge you. But if you're out there and you're real, find some way to get to my kids.
0: And about how old were you?
2: So I was five, about five years old at this time. And uh, mm. sure enough, about I don't know the timeline, but soon a church moved into our neighborhood. They started building a church, and at this point, I never even really had a conversation with white people. But these two white ladies come up to us, Betty and Kathy Heard, and they 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 said, "Do you have any brothers or sisters?" And I said, uh, "Yes." And they said, "Hey, we we starting a church. We would love to have your family come to church." And I was so excited about these two white ladies uh, that came up to me, and I ran home. I didn't even know what the church was. So I got on my bike and I went home and I told my mother, it's a church, it's a church. They want us to come, you know? And I felt the, I, I knew it, I didn't know at the time, but I realized that there was the Holy Spirit drawing me to, to himself. That Sunday we came and keep in mind, when we pulled up in this parking lot of this church, my car, my mother's car was on life support. So it was barely making it. She, and so she, uh, she pulls us in this parking lot and we sit in the car. And w- while we we're sitting there, uh, my mother did not want us to go into church. Finally, Miss Betty, uh, Betty heard, beautiful lipstick, smelled good, her hair was perfectly intact. She says, why, why are you not coming in? My, my, my mother said, well, we don't have the church clothes. And she, in such a sweet voice, said, no, don't worry about the church clothes. Mm-hmm. We just come as you are. So she she got, gathered all of us together. My mother went home, and we sat in our first Sunday service against this beautiful, smell good white lady. And I went to sleep the first time because i felt so safe and felt so loved Then in my first sunday service i remember taking a nap on this white lady wow. and you were about yeah. five still at that five point? years old we were wow. dirty we didn't smell good and she just drew us and pulled us close
1: wow um what a story man yeah. of, and then that began your journey of like coming to faith and yep. growing up
2: in church Tell
0: who us shared about? the gospel with you specifically when you decided to follow christ
2: they would come and pick us up when my mother and father would be gone for two or three days and let us come over to the house and spend time. We get the, we had a chance to first for the first time eat as much as we wanted. Mm-hmm. We felt safe. We didn't have to worry about like rats and roaches crawling on us and you know, we could take a, a warm shower. And like we was looking forward to getting up and just eating food. Like we can actually eat. We didn't have to try to find where our food was gonna come from. So after the two years of them loving us like they did, I just looked at them and I said, "I, I, I want y'all to same Jesus." So my my grandpa, uh, John heard. I was the only one in the Sunday school class at the time. He told me how Jesus took the punishment for me, but I was a sinner, and in order for me to be saved, I, I need to surrender everything I knew how to Jesus. And man, I immediately I got this. I said, "My friends got to hear this. Like everybody got to hear this." So I, I ran that day. I ran out and I gathered a few of my friends and started telling them as best as I could about jesus (laughs) so also
0: i just have to put a pin in something you were seven years old and you were the only person in the sunday school class at the time and you you were Mm -hmm. so hungry to hear the word that is beautiful
2: yep yep it's a miracle and you
1: know i I just love the vision of people that were just going to look where Mm -hmm. their church was and go let's reach people right here that's right right around so so often we We don't pay attention to the to the lost that are right around Mm -hmm. us, and it's easy to look and and, Hey, you know, listeners, I I I know many of you know Christ is your Savior, and I think that's a word today for us as we notice Coach T's life and Mm -hmm. just someone looked around them, you know, and and the lost lost family saw them, saw them, saw them. Yeah, it's like open our eyes. I want to open my eyes to my neighbors to my where I shop, where I live, uh, that's, that's the harvest field. That's right. Where yep. God planting And I, I
2: tell you, oftentimes I, I compare this story uh, of you know these, these lawyers come up to Jesus and they said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Like, or, or he's asking the question, how do I get to heaven? They're trying to test Jesus. And Jesus basically looks at them and says, you know, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, do this and you'll live. And the lawyer says, well, well, who was my neighbor? Well, he he gives this parable of yep. how this man fell among the, the robbers, and mm-hmm. uh, and um, it's so funny that he used religious people, mm-hmm. right? He used the Levite that was responsible responsible for the day to day affairs, and he used the priests who made sacrifices on the behalf of God, and they walked on the other side, and so that's my visualization. Like when Betty and John heard, they could have seen me and walked on the other side. Mm-hmm. And continue on their ministerial duties, mm-hmm. but they they stopped. they mm-hmm. stopped for me. a dirty little black kid didn't have anything to offer them. I could never repay them. what would they what did they want with me? Mm-hmm. I had nothing mm-hmm. and they loved. You. And they, they love me to Jesus hearing about someone's love for the Lord
1: that moves them to see what Jesus sees blesses my life today um, that's awesome you're you're humble. where along the lines did they notice that? You could play a little basketball.
2: You know what was amazing? You know, I always was considered to be had no ability, dumb. You know, my father would sometimes say, "Yo, what is wrong with you? You don't. Your head is not in 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 this life. What is wrong? Why can't you think?" That's what he would say. <laughs> and so, but a pretty I, good uh, accent right there. I guess you <laughs> heard that before. But but my grandpa would say say these things about me, like you are gifted. And
0: like, your grandpa is John Hurt. John Hurt, right? just white
2: guy, right? He would, and he actually. Uh, would gather all the kids in the neighborhood, and we, he had a basketball court out there, and he would teach us these, these different just fundamentals of the game. And for some reason, I locked on to basketball. And that was the thing that really kept me out of falling into like drugs and alcohol and sex. I was so focused because I knew this was the way that was going to pull me out of where I was in. For some reason, God just impressed it on my heart. If I was going to make it out of the hood, I needed to lock in to get some type of scholarship because I wasn't going to be able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So he was the one that actually, actually introduced me to the game. So, <laughs>
0: so he introduced you to Jesus and to and basketball. the game,
2: yeah. And
1: and I'll just say it because you won't you you uh, you were an all American, two time all American, right? Wow, two time all American <laughs> for for where, what what college you played for? So I played.
2: It was a Division two uh, small small pun there. Uh, yeah, Division two Henderson State University. That's awesome in Arkadelphia, Arkansas.
1: Awesome. <laughs> that, that's that's awesome that the Lord gifted you and the Lord. Yep. Drew that out of you and, and just someone noticed you and taught yep. you. And, yep. and God saved you. So tell me when God saved you. I want to hear when when yep. when he led you to the Lord, how you were probably a child. And then how yep. did you keep growing in your walk?
2: Right. Well, he introduced me to Christ and I I really believe I was saved because I, I just I, I I just I wanted everybody else to know know this message, but but he was the the start that got the ball rolling. And, but when I got to college, a, a man named Mark Powell Freeman, he actually showed me what it looks like to do the work of evan- an, an evangelist. Mm-hmm. So he would actually, uh, you know, he, he challenged me. He says, you know, if God is your root, where's your fruit? Mm-hmm. And I had uh, some guys on the basketball team that started to pass away. One guy got shot in the stomach, mm-hmm. another, and two guys died in a car accident. And I felt like, like, what am I doing? Like, I remember when I was younger, I, I was, I had a passion and fire for people to know Jesus. And now... I got you know I'm in college. I got a little cocky, and you know, I'm a pretty good ball player. Hey, it's about me, right? But when these guys started down on this basketball team, I realized that I have a responsibility to 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 share the message. It's not about me, right? Mm-hmm. And it
0: gave you urgency. It sounds like
2: a sense of urgency, a very very sense of urgency. So this, and so Mark would take me out on campus. He would start sharing the gospel. I would hide behind the trees. I I just didn't want to bother people. I, and I don't want I didn't want to be like I didn't want to. I just didn't want to bother people with it. Unless they wanted, hey, just come to me. I don't want to go to them. But he would show me how to intentionally engage people with the gospel. And this is what uh, got me realizing, like, okay, this is my purpose for which I exist. And I tell people all the time, the only single solitary reason that we exist as saved believers on the face of this planet is to do the work of evangelism. And Mm -hmm. and I back it up by saying this. If God wanted you to have uh, safety, as soon as you were saved, he would have just called you home so you can be perfectly safe. If he wanted you to have great worship, uh, worship experience, he would have called you home so you can hear the angel sing. If he wanted you to have perfect preaching and great theology, he would have called you home so you will not have to ever worry about having uh, incomplete theology. The only thing we're not going to be able to do when we get in glory is to do the work of evangelists. Why? Because everybody's saved. Mm -hmm. So the only single solitary reason you exist is to do the work of evangelists. So if you're not doing the work of evangelists, you're actually forfeiting your biblical right to exist. And so sometimes when I tell people, if we're not doing the work of evangelists, what we're trying to do is we're trying to save ourselves and sacrifice everybody else. Instead of sacrificing ourselves to help people come to know Jesus and salvation.
0: You know, well, that's compelling right there. Wow.
1: <laughs> and and I and you know what? I, th- I think it's important. And, and you know, we may have some people listening today going, Man, I can't be an evangelist. But, but I think you articulated something that's really important. You were nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Hiding behind trees. But, oh, yeah. But, but you know what? You also, I want to point something out. Something that you and I have resonated with and have something in common is how dealing with loss and sudden tragedy mm. wakes you up to the need for the gospel, for people around us to know Jesus. Come because on. Because you know what? This podcast has been launched out of our whole first season was dealing with loss and grief, mm-hmm. and and you know what we don't hide from the the reality right. of our mortality mm. that that every one of us are going to walk through that door called death. That's right, and what you do on this side of eternity for, uh, with Jesus is critical. And so, one of the things I pray that that God uses today's episode mm-hmm. is to help us. Grow a everyone that's listens to this, right? That we recognize there's somebody in your life that needs right. Jesus. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it's in the way God mm-hmm. put the gospel message forward is word of mouth, life on life. Come on now. One at a time. And uh and that's a that's a calling that's in the Bible. That's right. We gotta we gotta see. And it's not just the preachers Mm-mm. that are to share the gospel, it's all of us. So listeners, that's I want you. That's you and me, to, to, to open right. our eyes to the people that are in our lives, like the herds Yeah, in your life. That's right. right. So,
0: Coach T, I have a question. Sure. So what would you say to a listener who says, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yes, ma'am. I want to grow in this, but I am terrified, and I don't know what to say. Yeah. What would be your basics of instruction?
2: That's a great question. So understand, like, um, I, think, I think we need to understand that if this is not your personality or this is not how you're gifted or how you, how you are, you're actually the perfect candidate for evangelism. Now, let me tell you why. Cause the Bible says, if you're weak in the area of communication, anything like that, you sound just like Moses. (laughs) Ooh, that's good. (laughs) Right. And God's power is perfected in your weakness. So if you're not a great communicator, you're actually set up like a glove for God to put his hand in you to use. Because if you lead anybody to Christ, you know it's That's called. all him. It's all him. Yeah. Now, if you are gifted, a great communicator, and you have a personality, a personality to do that, I actually got more concerns for you, because you're gonna have a tendency to do what? You get cocky, lean on your your, your own, own ability, own power, and not on the Holy Spirit's ability. So that's a good word, man. So if I I, I want to tell people, here's how here's how you start. First of all, you 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 gotta look at the calling that we had. We have. That's the only reason why we exist. And so I ask people sometimes, would you take a bullet for Jesus? Somebody put a, bullet, a gun to your head. And they go, yeah. Like, I do will die for Jesus. Well, if you look at Acts 1.8, it says, wait and you will receive power on high and you will be my witnesses. That word witness basically means martyr. Wow. And it's one who is prepared to die for their faith. So if you're not witnessing... It tells you that you're not really ready to die for Jesus because that was the common deal that happened to people back in the time of Christ. If you're a witness, it, you have a death sentence on your head. So if you're not witnessing, it tells you that you're trying to save your life. So I would tell people it starts as a discipline. It's like any spiritual discipline. It goes against the flesh to try to die to yourself. But if you the three words, I give people you have to make your you have to force yourself to do evangelism. You have to force yourself And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says, all discipline seems painful at the moment. Not pleasant, but it says, but later on it produces a peaceable fruit of righteousness from those who have been trained by it. So if you never force yourself to do evangelism, you'll never get to the next D. You'll never desire to do it. Mm. Right. And the desire is like, I want to do this. Like I I feel a, a desire to do, even though I'm scared, I know I must do this. That's the desire that starts to rise. Now the next word is the delight. So when you, force yourself to do it. The desire is going to be in you to do it. When you see people come to Christ, now you got a desire. But now when you train somebody to do what you've done, it becomes a delight. So it starts discipline, desire and delight.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a guy in our church that, um, and and most of our listeners, uh, a lot of them are coming from our church. That's our main target of, Mm -hmm. of the, the church that, that we are in and serving and, and, and wanting to encourage. Right. And, um, there's a guy in our church who uh, did some incredible work from Voice of the Martyrs. His name's Andy Coleman, and mm-hmm. he's on our church council. and A great leader, and he always makes this statement about Christians in the United States because he traveled the world mm-hmm. dealing with the persecuted church. Mm. And he talked about being in parts of the world where people really feared the fist. What you're talking about in the in the first century, right? Are those believers, those witnesses, that really had a legitimate fear of physical pain because of their faith. Right, right. In the United States right now, he said, I've hung out with people that fear the fist. In America, we fear the eyebrow. Whoa. Meaning like, oh, well, I'm i What gonna, people think. What people think. Yeah. Ooh. Because, you know, honestly- that's not something we should fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think you articulate it very well. Evangelism and discipleship are like two sides of the same, sure, coin, right. same coin. Witnessing, yes, there are tenets of the gospel, that sure. you're you're a sinner. You need a Savior. Christ died on the cross. You put your faith in him. Mm-hmm. Those those points of the gospel, tenets of the gospel, points right. of the gospel are very clear. But, but when it comes to being a witness for Christ, it's really just talking about what God's done in your life. That's right? exactly right. And Living it out, living it, out. And, and just being grateful, and like like it's almost like you can't help but the the, the delight oh, yeah. section, right? When you're like walking with the Lord and God's answering prayer and right. speaking to your life, you, it's almost like you can't help but say, "Oh my goodness, can I tell you what Jesus did? To yeah. me? did for me. Oh my goodness, God <laughs> did this, and 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 it's that kind of authentic faith mm-hmm. that a world is looking for. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And um, yep. and you know that's what I resonated with you, man. I, I just would. Hear your excitement about how God moved in your life. Yes, sir. I want you to just help us with a vision for sharing the gospel yeah. with the world. Help us with that. Encourage our li- yeah. our listeners to go, man. I can do this.
2: Well, I think I think it really starts with being um, just amazed at who God is. I think it starts with who God is.
1: Yeah, that's a good word.
2: All right, because I think out of the overflow of the heart the mouth will speak. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So I, th- I think a, p- a lot of people are not amazed at who God is because they're, they're too busy. Like Martha, Martha was in the kitchen cooking instead of sitting at Jesus feet. Um, she was busy doing ministerial duties. That's what that word means. And so she, she was too busy trying for Jesus to be impressed with her than being amazed by him, by by him. Right. And so, but Mary, man, she sat at the Lord's feet, listening to his teaching. So, I think I think what we have to understand is if, you don't, if you're not spending regular time. Like looking at who Jesus is, who God is, and then looking at what you true, what, what you truly deserve and what he has done for you, that you should have been in hell a long time ago. And the only reason why is, is because he's had mercy on you. When we start to do that, if you, if you look at what Paul said in Acts 17, he was provoked in his spirit that he seen that the city was full of idols like he couldn't sit there and he wasn't amazed at the architecture, which it was great architecture, but mm-hmm. it was goddess and goddesses. And these people were t- was, was was speaking to the unknown God. That word provoked me. He was so agitated that he had to start reasoning in the synagogue with those who happened to be there. And so when you look at Paul, he was so amazed at who Jesus was and what he deserved and how, how did he come for me out of everybody in the world that he would give me this gift. And so I guess what I want to encourage people is that, you, you cannot faithfully follow the God man if you're not fishing for dead man. Mm.
0: Mm. Can you say that again?
2: You can't faithfully follow the God man if you're not fishing for dead man. Because Jesus says, follow me, and i will make you a great fisher. mom or a great pastor or fisher a great man. teacher. That's right. He said, no, follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of man. So Matthew if you,
1: 419, man. Matthew I love
2: 419. That so if you that. live between getting to know God and becoming a fisher of man, God will fill in the gap for you. If this you, is your priorities. like, God will fill in the gaps. Seek ye first the kingdom. And seek ye first the kingdom is getting to know God and making God known. And God will take every, care of everything that you need in the in-between. Hmm. So I, I guess that's how I will. Yeah. What you think?
0: <laughs> well, I would never thought about it. Like, it, it's so clear. Uh-huh. As soon as he called the disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. It's not a you might be or some of you will be. It's a clear statement. Come on. You will be fishers of men.
2: You will be fishers of men. And so that's
0: what it means to follow Jesus. I yes. I love that. I love that. Very clear. It's so clear. I want to ask for one Age. story. So you went from mm-hmm. someone who had was radically changed by the gospel. Right. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Yes. You went to college. Went to college. You had someone who trained you to yep. share the gospel. Right. And you went from being afraid to embracing this calling of sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a story when God called you to share the gospel in a specific situation and it was just a really yeah. beautiful and powerful moment?
2: Okay, here's what shifted it for me. Because the Bible says, you know, in Romans one sixteen, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I realized I wasn't sharing it because i really ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. You have a tendency to hide things, not to share things that you're ashamed of. So, so I got called out of teaching and coaching. I was teaching and coaching five and a half years at Horseman Middle School in Little Rock, and I get a call from my BCM guy that was at Henderson State University. He says, an opportunity for you to go into ministry in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Now, Pine Bluff, Arkansas is the most dangerous, uncomfortable place in the whole entire Arkansas to do ministry. Shootings every day of the week.
1: Oh,
3: wow. Two
2: or three murders every single week. Wow. All right? And God called me to do ministry at a campus that was it's was a broken campus. And so he called us there.
0: Were you going as a as a BCM director?
2: BCM guy, seven years, right? Wow. So when I got there, I started figuring out, okay, how do I reach these kids? How do I reach these students? Because there's only three students at the BCM at the time I got there and one of them was lost. Mm-hmm. So I had to build a ministry.
0: Sounds kind of like your Sunday school class when you were seven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly right. So uh, I get there and I started using all these worldly means to try to reach these students. And, uh, and I realized that What I was fishing with is what I was going to have to keep them with. And so I was forced to start building the ministry by just sharing the gospel.
0: It's funny how God does that, isn't
2: it? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. He says, pray that God will raise up people for the the workers for the harvest. So the problem is not necessarily with the harvest. God already has those. The problem is with the workers. And so Mm -hmm. I realized that the gospel works if you work the gospel. So I started yeah, that's the gospel. Cool.
1: the gospel works if you work the gospel. Exactly. That's a great word. <laughs>
2: yeah. Because
1: sometimes we don't have to come up with some slogan. No. Or some thing. The gospel works when you work the gospel. Yeah. Take I've surprises? never heard that before. Yep. And I'm totally stealing it for the rest of my ministry. Well, you 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 take it. I stole. I think I stole it from somebody else. Works. When you work the gospel, I do not want to, I want that
2: etched in my (laughs) head.
0: So you started sharing the gospel and what Uh happened?
2: So 50 rejections, 50, I I, I mean, it may have been more, but I, so I shared the gospel with a young man named Trey and I'm just thinking like, oh, here we go again. He says, can you tell me more? And I was like, you want to hear more? Come to the BCM. So he comes and I share the gospel with him. And I didn't really realize, I didn't know what decision he had made until the next day he calls me. So he calls me and he says, Pastor T, I got four more people that you got to share this with. I said, well, bring them to the BCM. Wow. So I shared the gospel with four of them and two of them get saved. And then the next day he says, Pastor T, I got four more. He brought eight people in two days. And I said, man, this dude is wearing me out. So I shared the gospel with them. Two of them get saved. So, so he got five. That's five. This guy gets so radically saved that he goes to a guy in his neighborhood that's a, a a legendary drug dealer named Tony. And Tony's with a guy that's a protege that he's coaching. Because he's older, he's getting out of the, the drug game. So he runs up to Tony. He says, Tony, I gotta tell you my newfound understanding about who God is. So Tony says, yeah, go ahead, man. Tell me about your God. So this guy that Tony is coaching starts getting agitated as Trey is talking about Jesus. He's sharing the gospel with him. And then This guy gets so agitated. He says, man, get out of here with that mess. We ain't got time for this. And Trey says, he looks at this guy and says, man, if you don't want to hear about my Jesus, you're on the highway to hell. Now, keep in mind, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, they shooting folks. This guy flashes his pistol at Trey and says to Trey, I'll kill you. Trey takes one step back and says, man, do whatever you're going to do. I'm ready to go. And Trey had only been saved for three months. So you mean to tell me that I could have manipulated that? When I started looking at the power of the gospel, it gave me power to keep
0: going. To keep going. Wow. Because
2: I wanted some more. I tell people, this may be bad. You can cut this out. If you want to get high, smoke that.
1: that <laughs> Let's <leave> sleep that in.
2: <laughs> I'm serious. Let's leave that in. I'm talking about like the, the power of the gospel. And, and I've seen it happen from one student and one person, one individual to another. Mm-hmm. That there's no way I can manipulate it, this person to take a bullet for Jesus. He was ready to give his life up. So, that's that's the power of the God. That's amazing. It has power to it.
1: Well, you know what? I, I'm so grateful that God's brought you to Oklahoma. I'm so grateful that you. Took Wait, the how time. did
0: we steal you? Yeah. How did how Oklahoma we steal you from Arkansas? What? I'm th- I'm
2: I'm I'm trying to figure out how did I get here? I'm privileged <laughs> to be in this position. I'm like, they want me? I'm a dirty little black kid from the hood, Little Rock, Arkansas. How did God even call me? I like I and feel man, so incomplete. Yeah. You here. Oh man! And I'm,
1: I am thankful to the Lord that God has sent you here. And I'll tell you what, from um, our church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, reaching out, doing our best to share the gospel sure, in Tulsa, right. man, we are so thankful to, to sit at your feet and help you <laughs> oh, my help goodness. us be more effective at faithfully sharing the gospel. And I want to thank you for challenging um the people of our church and in our and the, our listeners, yes no no, not everybody listen goes to our church that sure. listens to our podcast, right. but you know here's the thing, dying without Jesus is devastating. yep and 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 it's my prayer that every one of our listeners, and I, I want you to know we're we've been impacted by sudden tragedy and grief and mm. and, and there will come a day then we that we will all see mm. God face to face. And that's going to be a moment that you understand things fully. And God has simply asked us to believe something that seems like it's beyond belief. Mm. But if you'll trust him above your five senses, Mm. and you'll have enough sense to believe in him, it'll change your life. Mm -hmm. Those of you that know Jesus, Look, let's remember, the 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 gospel spreads mouth to mouth, yep. life to life, mm. and so let's let's embrace this moment with Coach T as as a as some some ladies noticed people in their path noticed this little boy in his path in their path, and they talked to him about Jesus, and now here we are yep. years later. Coach yep. T, thank you.
2: Hey, can I close with one yes. story? Absolutely. One illustration, one one illustration. It, I think that was good. Wrap it up. So, it takes the pressure off me knowing that. I I just sow the seed and I let God do the work. So here's my illustration I like to give people. So when I was at living in Georgia, I would it takes me it takes me three hours to mow my grass. All right, so I'm mowing it and uh, all of a sudden my kids come out, my two boys come out there, John and Titus, and they say, Daddy, can we help you mow the grass? And I'm just like, oh, it's gonna take me. Even more hours to mow the grass.
0: Because how old are they at this point? They
2: they're let's see seven and seven and five at the moment. So they 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 come out and and, and I let them. It's a push mower, like a it's a like a self-propel. So man, they mowing this grass and it's, it's just getting worse. Crooked. like they crooked and they you know, and I know it's gonna take me longer hours. So after they get finished, I let them. They wear themselves out. I say, all right, y'all go in the house and tell your mama how, what a good job you did and go take a shower. So they go in and say, mama. We mow the grass and they they are so super excited about them on the grass. Saying, All right, y'all go take a shower and I'm going to go out and look at it. So while taking they taking a shower, guess what I'm doing? I'm cleaning, oh, up, cleaning up what they days messed days. up, right? And my, my wife comes out and they come out and I said, they, they's like, daddy, look at how we did this yard. And they didn't know I spent hours fixing up what they messed up. when well, I tell people, when you go share the gospel, you're going to mess it up. Hmm. But be faithful and the Holy Spirit will go back behind you and clean up what you messed up. And people will get saved off of your incomplete message. The only thing he can't use is silence. Hmm. And I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again how I mess up the message. And if you want a good resource, I share the gospel every single day. But I put one interview on week a week on YouTube called Whoa Evangelism. And I go up to people on camera and I share with the gospel with them, complete strangers, atheists, agnostic, people that struggle with same sex attraction. And I'll just interview them and just and I'll engage them and share the message of the gospel with them. And it's just a lot of seed planting, but you'll see some on there. It's about 500, 600 interviews on WOE Evangelism. I also put them on my Facebook page.
0: Check the show notes. We've got them in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll
2: so that, that's hey, what I want to encourage
1: Man, we're going to check that out. Okay, and, uh, Man, I'm so glad you've, you've come today. I look forward to more opportunities for you to rub shoulders with our church. Oh, cool. Pastors from Tulsa. And, uh, man...
0: And I'm glad you shared that illustration. That blessed me. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I can feel like I mess things up a lot. I'm telling you. And so the, the truth that the Holy Spirit will clean up my mess and will make it holy <sighs> is is what I needed today. So thank you. Well, praise the Lord.
2: Emily,
1: t- as we close today, tell them our theme verse.
0: Our theme verse is Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may overflow with hope. And it's our prayer that as you rub shoulders with Coach T today, with us, that the power of the Holy Spirit would overflow in you and that you would share the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have nothing to fear. We have the same Holy Spirit that's mentioned in Acts. We have the same Holy Spirit that Paul talks about in his epistles. We can be confident that the God of the universe can use us and can fix our mistakes and make them worthy of his name because he is glorious. I'm so glad that you joined us today.
1: And you know, we end every podcast with music. And so this is a song by Eric Wall that really will encourage you as you stand for Christ. Thanks for joining Giants a time with Giants today. And uh, Coach T, thanks for being here, man.
2: Appreciate the fact to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Here's Eric Wall. Mm-hmm.
3: You're near the broken heart and save the crushed and spirit. good you You have proved It's true, true.